Hi everyone, I'm Elizabeth Stein, founder and CEO of Purely Elizabeth, and this is Live Purely with Elizabeth, featuring candid conversations about how to thrive on your wellness journey. I'm so excited to share with you our new Five Grin and Seed Oatmeal Multipack. We just launched two incredibly delicious varieties, Classic Cinnamon and Banana Nut. Our new oatmeals are unlike anything on the market, intentionally crafted with a plant-based protein blend of pea and chickpeas, sweetened with coconut sugar, plus superfood ingredients like chia and flax, perfect to fuel your busy day. These single-serve packets are total game-changers with irresistible taste and texture that's ready in literally a minute and perfectly suited for our new lifestyles back on the go or those days that we're still at home and you want an elevated, quick breakfast. So we have an exclusive deal for our Live Purely listeners on our new oatmeal multi-packs. Use code LIVEPURELY, that's L-I-V-E-P-U-R-E-L-Y, for 20% off all online orders now through July 31st on purelyelizabeth.com. Happy shopping! Today's guest is Melissa Urban, the powerhouse co-founder and CEO behind Whole30. If you haven't tried Whole30 yourself, I'm pretty sure someone in your tight circle has. Millions of people around the world have successfully completed the program, which takes a much different approach to wellness than your typical diet. Melissa is a six-time New York Times bestselling author, the host of Do The Thing podcast, and most recently, she launched her first line of Whole30 dressings. In this episode, Melissa shares all about her mission for helping people reset their health, habits, and relationship with food to ultimately reach food freedom. We chat about the early days of Whole30, which P.S. started as a blog post, the importance of community, how she's partnering with big companies like Walmart, Sweetgreen, and Chipotle, the idea of paying yourself first, and the small little self-care things we can all do throughout the day to make ourselves feel worth it. Keep listening to learn more. Melissa, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you on today and to hear all about your journey. As I think back to the brand, you have grown so much over the last 12 years, and I can't wait to talk all about it. Elizabeth, so good to see you again. Thanks so much for having me. So at Purely Elizabeth, our mission is to help you thrive on your wellness journey. And I know thriving on your wellness journey is a big part of your story and what your mission is, but I would really love to start at the beginning and really what made you start Whole30? Yeah. So Whole30 started as a two-person self-experiment in July, well, uh, April, 2009. It was really just a 30-day, like, let's see what happens specifically to my performance in the gym and my recovery. If I go back to like a really kind of squeaky clean paleo style framework, that's how we thought about it back then. And so for 30 days, I eliminated my, you know, sugar in my coffee and cream in my coffee and the sweets and treats and really just went back to like meat you know, seafood and eggs, vegetables and fruit, healthy fats. And I was looking specifically for performance improvements and I definitely saw those, but what I gained was so much more than what I anticipated. My energy levels skyrocketed and were level all day. So no more 2 PM, you know, head on desk slump. 
uh, my mood was far improved. I was happier. I was more self-confident. I was sleeping better than I had ever slept in my life. And I did see those performance and recovery improvements, but most important, my relationship with food dramatically changed over those 30 days. The program helped me realize how much I was using food to self-soothe and relieve anxiety, show myself love, sometimes to punish or reward myself. And it really helped me find other ways to practice self-care. So I feel like I came out of that first 30 days with like a whole new relationship with food and healthy habits. And when I shared my experience on my little CrossFit training blog, a few hundred people said they wanted to give it a try. And that was really how the whole 30 was born. Wow. That's incredible. So you had this blog and were you thinking that your blog was going to be something or it was just kind of the side project and no yeah, further I, ambitions. I was really involved in the CrossFit community at the time. So I owned a CrossFit affiliate back in New Hampshire. I had written for the CrossFit Journal. I was traveling with CrossFit kettlebells to teach their East Coast kettlebell seminars and traveling for some gymnastics seminars. So I was very heavily involved. And my blog was really a space for me to share about my workouts and my recovery, but it quickly kind of morphed into just my general musings on health and fitness and nutrition and kind of the start of some personal awareness journeys for me. And so when I shared about this 30-day self-experiment, I was like, hey, here's what I did. Here are some of the guidelines. Does anyone want to try it? And when a bunch of people said they wanted to, I offered to like lead them through it in the comments of my blog spot. That was how rudimentary <laughs> it was. And so, you know, when one person has an amazing experience with something, you're like, okay, that's interesting. When dozens of people report eerily similar, stunning results from the same protocol, that was the moment where I was like, oh, I think this is something. I think we have something here. So I'm grateful to the blog for giving me a small audience to kind of test the whole 30 materials on before, you know, we went back and started to develop it more thoroughly. I think that's actually such an important point for anyone who's an entrepreneur who's listening of really being able to test whatever your product or your service is. That was an incredible platform to get instant feedback and then be able to make changes to what it was that you were doing. Yes. And I often say for entrepreneurs that a big part of the success in my journey was that I gave a lot of stuff away for free for a really long time, you know, in part to build that communication and that loyalty with my community, in part to see what worked and what didn't. If I explain it this way, is that more effective than if I explain it this way? And in part, just to refine my own material such that by the time I did write my first book in 2011, it was pretty well crafted. And I had hundreds and hundreds of testimonials and people pieces of clinical experience to add to it. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So at this point, it's 2009, which I actually started Purely Elizabeth in 2009 as well. So definitely a big time for a change yeah. in health and wellness. But so you had a couple hundred people who were giving feedback, who were trying the program. What was that point then that you said, you know what, this is something, there's something that's sticky here and I'm going to actually take this and, and make it something yeah, I think as many entrepreneurs can relate to, I worked a nine to five job uh, for an insurance company. I ran a team of business analysts and operations assistants. And I worked this nine to five job. And every night after work, I was writing my, in my blog. And every weekend, I was traveling somewhere within driving distance of New Hampshire to talk about the whole 30 with various CrossFit gym affiliates in Massachusetts and Virginia and New York. 
So I was really burning the candle at both ends for probably six months or so before I realized that I was doing both poorly. And if I wanted to give Whole30 a chance to really flourish the way that I thought it could, I was just going to have to go all in. So in April 2010, I quit my full-time job. My co-founder and I moved across the country from New Hampshire to Utah, mostly because it was more centrally located and a lot easier to travel, but also for the mountains and quality of life. And that was really where I decided, okay, we're going to like make a go of this. I had some savings from my other job and we had already built a relatively successful platform on traveling for these workshops. You know, we were traveling and having 50, 60 people show up every weekend and sit in a cold CrossFit gym on a metal chair to talk about Whole30 for eight whole hours. (laughs) Bless those people. But that was really how we got our start. Yeah. That's amazing. At what point then, now this is 2010, did you really feel like this is caught on and this is going to be huge because it is huge. Yeah, it is now. I don't know that I ever anticipated that it would become what it is today, but a few things, you know, one, we, I was not doing any outreach whatsoever to ask gyms if we could come talk to their members for like three years. It was all people coming to us saying, Hey, we've got this gym in Philly. We've got this gym in Miami. I've got this gym in Hawaii. Will you come talk to my members? And we worked out kind of a a structure for how we could hold these workshops and provide gym owners with some compensation for coming. So because there were so many like, you know, pushes to us as opposed to us trying to pull people in, that was definitely my first, um, my first sign. And because CrossFit was even back in 2010, so incredibly well connected, you know, this was before the huge advent of Instagram and other social media platforms, but CrossFit had a very active forum. Gym owners and affiliates were very well connected and word of mouth just spread so quickly about the program. And we entered into this time period in a period where CrossFit didn't really have their own nutrition program going. They were sort of in between nutrition leaders in their own community and their community was really hungry for what we had to offer. So Uh, you know, we were prepared. The timing was excellent. And I think, you know, really traveling place to place for almost two years, almost every single weekend that, you know, we possibly could get out there. That was definitely the moment where I was like, oh yeah, this is a real thing. And continuing to watch people get the same incredible results was really affirming. Yeah. That must have been such an amazing feeling just to continue to get that feedback and reaffirm, like we are making change and yeah. people are sticking to it. And so that brings me to kind of getting into the crux of Whole30 for anyone who doesn't know what it is. But before we get into that, what is it do you think about the 30 days? I mean, I know typically they say habits happen within that 30 days, but what do you think really like transforms in that time? Yeah. You know, the 30 days was a really conscientious decision between habit research, which says that habits are formed in a large range of days, depending on on how emotionally attached you are to the habit. So simple habits can take as short as six days to form. Something more challenging like giving up smoking can take as long as 88 days for the habit to really stick. 30 is just that sweet spot where we have enough clinical experience to know that people can see dramatic, staggering changes to their health and quality of life but it's not so long that it feels unattainable to ask people to do this for 60 days or 66 days is simply, I think would be a barrier to entry for a lot of folks. So we've really kind of hit that sweet spot. And what we find is that 
by about the two week mark after your body is more used to eating like this. And after you're more comfortable making, you know, these kinds of choices for yourself in terms of your everyday diet, that's when the magic really kicks in. And the last two weeks of the whole 30 can really feel, you know, it's the phase we kind of call tiger blood where people (laughs) just feel unstoppable. And that is a really powerful experience that definitely helps you keep those habits going long after your whole 30 is over. I think that's so important that you say about feeling that tiger blood and so incredible because I feel like there's so many people who are living either with say low levels of or underlining stress or you know they're tired and they don't realize how much better yeah. that they could feel that is like you think it's normal to have you know x hunger or feeling like you need a nap when you really could be feeling a million times better. And so doing a program like this um, um, would be, I'm sure, amazing to hear that feedback. Yeah, it really is. And what you just said, you got, you just hit the nail on the head. It's a, an analogy that I like to use in my in my books where I talk about like if you have allergies and you wake up every morning next to a tree that you're allergic to, you just wake up every morning and your nose is running and your eyes are itchy and you're having a hard time breathing and that just becomes normal. And you wouldn't necessarily notice how poorly you feel until you go on vacation and you're not near that tree anymore. And all of a sudden it's like your baseline for what good feels like has completely evolved. And that's very much what the whole 30 will do for people. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to have some kind of condition that you're, you know, hoping to alleviate symptoms from. But if you don't have the energy you want, if you're not sleeping, you know, eight hours a night, like a baby and waking up without an alarm, feeling rested, one of those annoying morning people, you know, that's (laughs) definitely something that the whole 30 can help you identify is like, what's making you feel like that. And what could your new level of normal actually look like? So if you could talk about, for those who don't know what Whole30 entails, go into a little bit of that and what your philosophy is behind it. Yeah. So the Whole30 is not a diet. It's not a weight loss program. It's not a quick fix or a detox or a cleanse. We describe it as a reset. It's a 30-day reset for your health habits and relationship with food. And it's very important for people to understand that we don't do weight loss. I don't do weight loss. We help people heal their relationship with food, change their healthy habits, identify a new kind of baseline for normal in ways that have nothing to do with your body weight or what's on the scale. And we call the metrics for success on the Whole30 non-scale victories. By helping people focus on these non-scale victories like energy, sleep, mood, chronic pain or swelling, any number of symptoms like allergies, asthma, eczema, migraines, by helping people focus on that, it really helps them identify through the program's elimination and reintroduction how foods work in their own individual body, because there is no, you know, one size fits all diet for everyone. The whole 30 is really how you identify the perfect diet for you long-term. So what are some of the most common benefits that people see from doing the programs? Yeah. So at this point, we now have millions of testimonials, literally millions over the last 12 years. Which is amazing. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And again, it's exciting because people come back with the same stuff. People always say like, oh, you must get so tired of hearing this. And I'm like, never, never do I get tired. Um, Energy is a huge one. People talk about having better energy, more consistent energy throughout the day, no more mid-afternoon slump, no more reliance on caffeine or sugar, and no more kind of those blood sugar high and low roller coasters. 
Sleep, I think, is one of the most highly underrated benefits. People are falling asleep easier, staying asleep longer, sleeping more deeply, waking, feeling more rested, which has a positive impact on every single area of your life. It's also very commonly reported that people's digestion improves. So, you know, everything from less gas or bloating to more regular bowel movements to, you know, no more stomach pain after you're eating. So those are very, very commonly reported in addition to things like self-confidence and how you show up in the world, improvement in mood. People talk about an improvement in things like anxiety, which is huge, and any number of health conditions and symptoms. So whether it's chronic pain and swelling or identifying foods to which you're sensitive, or like I mentioned, allergies or asthma or eczema or migraines, you know, if you can identify through the program, your triggers for those foods, then it dramatically improves your quality of life. Those are all incredible positives from doing the program and everyone should want to go through it and feel that way. What do you think is there about your program that is really such a different approach that people, so many people have been willing to do it over the years. You know, so many diets fail and this is not a diet. It's a completely different approach, but what do you think has really been the thing? The one thing that has been the biggest benefit to people to try the program in the first place and then be a success. I think, I don't think it's just one thing. I think that there are a few, but I'll be brief. I think the biggest contributing factor is that it's not a weight loss diet. People are tired of being told that their worth and their value depends on that number on the scale. They're tired of it. It's exhausting. And they've been stuck in this cycle of diet for weight loss, willpower, white knuckle your way through it. It hits your self-esteem. It hits your cravings. And then when you're done, you rebound and end up regaining all the weight. And that hits your stress levels and self-esteem. And they're tired of it. And, And I think they're tired of being told by the diet industry that the only thing they should care about is that number on the scale. They want to change the way they eat for so many reasons because it will help them feel better and play more with their kids and perform better at work and in their sport. And Whole30 offers a way to do that without getting stuck in the obsession with the scale. And I think that's very freeing and liberating for a lot of people. I also think it's helpful that we have an enormous community set up specifically just to support people doing the Whole30 and the fact that the entirety of the program is free, all of it. You can do the Whole30 and get all of our resources completely for free. You don't have to buy anything except the books that, you know, if you choose or the food that you eat. Um, But if you just came to the website, you know, you would find an enormous, welcoming, supportive, inclusive community ready to help you do the Whole30. And I don't think there's a Whole30 article or like a question someone would have that I haven't already written about. So the amount of social support is huge. And then third, honestly, the program just works. It works really well, reliably for the vast majority of people who complete it. So we could have the best marketing in the whole wide world. We could have the best advertising campaign and the flashiest, but if the program didn't work at its heart, it wouldn't have spread so virally via word of mouth as it has throughout the last decade. And I think that that's really important to acknowledge is that people who come to the Whole30 generally have a really good experience. Yeah. You've provided so many tools for the community. And I think as I was thinking about this interview today, just thinking about this community that you've created has given such a support system yeah. and it's, it's now gone beyond the community and your cookbooks, but 
Uh, I would love to get into some of the other big things that you've been working on, such as some of the events, some products of your own that you now have, and the things that you've been doing with Walmart and Chipotle. So let's dive into all of that. And hold on, before, before we get there, I'll just back up to say, when you first started, what was your vision? Did you think that Whole30 would be where it is now today? Or where were you hoping it would be? I mean, not no, of course I didn't. I ha- I still sometimes have a really hard time, and you can probably speak to this too. I still have people on my team who like have to almost um, check me as to where Whole30 is today, because in my mind, we're still this scrappy, totally. word of mouth, <laughs> tiny company fighting for you know a voice. Uh, and and it's we've obviously come so far, but because I've been with it since day one, it's hard for me almost to take a step back and actually see where we are today. I do know that when Chipotle called us, uh, I think it's almost three years ago now to talk about entering into partnership. I was like, that's it. We I can go home now. I'm done. <laughs> like this was Chipotle has been sort of like the dream partnership for so many years. And never ever did I think that something like that would come to fruition. But I can say that about so many brands too, you know, Applegate, our Walmart meals, like there have definitely been some milestones along the way that have made me pinch myself. And I think most of the time I don't really take that step back to look because I'm still so head down, you know, in it with the community, trying to continue to find ways to help them have more success with the program. But it, it is nice to take that step back once in a while. Definitely. It is definitely hard. I feel the same thing too, yeah. that, you know, it's like pinch me. Wow. We've actually come this far and you just think that it, I mean, it's certainly not easy, but when you're in it, it's just easy to not, not yeah. see all of that success. Yeah. Um, okay. So We'll start with Chipotle. So tell yeah. tell me all about that relationship and what you're doing there because that's Chipotle. amazing. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Chipotle has been such an incredible partner to work with. We launched our first Whole30 salad bowl with Chipotle. Um, I think it would be two, three Januaries ago. So this is kind of our third January of working with them. And it just started with one Whole30 salad bowl. They changed the cooking oil that they used on their fajita vegetables to make those vegetables Whole30 compatible. And so you could now walk into Whole30, you know, walk into a Chipotle or order via delivery um, or pick up via their app or website. And you could literally push a button and say, I want the Whole30 bowl. And you would get this delicious, gorgeous bowl with meat and fajita veggies and a ton of guacamole and fresh salsa. And it was like fantastic for people who travel a lot or are on the go a lot, you know, really fit our accessibility efforts. And since then, Chipotle has continued to show up year after year and say like, what else can we give your community? What else do they want? And so last year we were like, Hey, they would really want, they would really like it if your chicken were whole 30 compatible. So they, you know, changed the cooking oil and made their chicken compatible. They came out with a carne asada limited edition. Um, we now have a cauliflower rice at Chipotle, cauliflower rice, at Chipotle, isn't it? (laughs) We were so pumped when we heard about that. And I got to announce it to the community this past January. Like that is just something I don't think I ever would have anticipated we would be able to have any influence over whatsoever. And I'm, I'm sure Chipotle did it for more than just our Whole30 community, but it feels really special when you have brands that are so willing to work to provide services to your community. Like the community loves it and they're fiercely loyal. I love it because it, you know, it shows that these partnerships are true partnerships, like everybody wins. And and so we're so grateful and so happy to to have Chipotle as a partner and be able to walk in and order one of, I think, two or three different Whole30 items on their menu now. 
It's incredible to have such a big chain like that really show how important, you know, what the ingredients are that they're using and what the community wants. And I think that's a perfect segue into Walmart because I know you probably feel the same way, but it's like when we first started the idea of having healthier options in a place like Walmart seems so distant. I mean, I remember when we first got into Target and it was like, I never thought in a million years that our product could be there. I thought we'd be the tiny brand in the in the base of the shelving of the co-op. Um, so it, it's incredible to see how much retailers like that have really changed and how they're continuing to want to serve and make better food accessible. So would love to hear about um, what you guys are doing at Walmart yeah. today. Wal- Walmart has been a really interesting kind of study for us and, and especially for me personally. So Walmart approached us a couple years ago and said they wanted to make a line of Whole30 compatible, Whole30 approved frozen meals. They would all come in at a relatively low price point, $5.99. They would be built on the Whole30 framework and, and it would be just such a, a wonderful, accessible way for our community to you know, continue to eat Whole30, even if they don't have access to a big fancy health food store. And again, accessibility is a huge effort for us. There are a lot of people in our community who only have options like a Walmart or an Aldi to shop in. And it's really important that they're able to make the choices that are right for their family at those retailers. The problem with Walmart in the beginning was that their the chicken they were going to use didn't meet our animal welfare standards. And I really struggled with this. I did. We stand so firmly, you know, even in uh, partnership with the ASPCA to achieve our animal welfare standards for Whole30 approved items. So I was, you know, I didn't really want to kind of push a pause on that or allow that to slide. But at the same time, this was such a huge initiative for our community that I hated to turn it down. And what we ended up negotiating was that they would obtain animal welfare standards, uh, a a certain certification program that wasn't quite up to our standards, but was a better choice with the understanding that within a year, they would upgrade their chicken supply to be in compliance with our animal welfare standards. And that was the compromise that we struck. The community loved it. It felt really good and like a win to me. And sure enough, a year later, they came back and said that all of the chicken they were using was now in compliance with our standards. Wow. It was just such a win-win. You know, our community got to experience um, what it was like to actually be able to influence change and have their voice heard through us. And we were able to see a shift at such a large retailer like Walmart to listen to their customers and be able to offer a truly high quality product that fit their their own, you know, individual kind of standards, but also went further towards making sure that our animal welfare standards were met. It was like a huge win-win for us. And I was so pleased um, and have been so pleased with that line. It's such a win. And to have somebody like that, you know, create a massive shift on a massive scale, even within, I think only a year's time feels like a really a a really big change. And I think like for everyone on the whole 30 journey, it's like, it's all about making those steps, right? It's like they committed even, okay, we're going to do this. Not everything can't happen overnight, but just making that initial recognition of we want to make this change. Yes. Yes. You know, it, it was really a best case scenario for me. I couldn't say, I couldn't see saying no to that deal because of what it would mean to the community, but it was also a struggle to say yes, because I felt like we were compromising our standards, but you know, it, it really is a testament to how these companies, companies like Chipotle, 
Chipotle and, you know, Walmart, Applegate are listening to its community members and making changes to their products such that they're more in line with their own customers' values. It's huge. Is there any other big retailer or restaurant chain that's on your list to affect next? Well, we just entered in January into a partnership with Sweetgreen, which is- Oh, no way. Congratulations. I didn't know that. We had a huge Whole30 menu and I think five handmade bowls, including my personal order at Sweetgreen. Like I always build my own bowl. What's your personal order? Oh, it has like sweet, it had roasted sweet potatoes and it's got apples and it's got chicken. And it's the bowl that I always build when I go to New York. Like the first thing I do when I'm in New York for business is I look for a local gym so I can get my workout in the morning and I look for a sweet green so I can go have lunch. (laughs) And so we worked with their team to have a a whole 30 menu in January and February, and it was a huge success. So I hope to keep working with them. We definitely have some brands on the horizon that I'm like, Ooh, this would be an awesome partnership or it would be great to work with them. And so, you know, we're now starting to do some reach out of our own. It's, we definitely still have a lot of brands coming to us, which is amazing, but now we're starting to kind of target like, Ooh, this would be a a fantastic person to work with and seeing if we can get on their radar. Well, I love the speak where we just got one here in Boulder. So I will have to check out what's on the menu. I know I'm so jealous. They're delicious. So as you talk about starting to do stuff on your own, I know you also just came out with your own line of sauces. So congratulations on that as well. Talk about the plans for the sauces and what that looks like and how's it feel to have your own product line now? Yeah, it feels exhausting. It is exhausting. (laughs) I know more about CPG um, than I ever anticipated. And it has been like a crash course the hard way. Um, But I'm not sure that any CPG line gets launched any other way. Um, But it's been really remarkable. We've been thinking about branding our own products, creating our own products for a few years now. And I've just been really cautious about launching that because by and large, we've never sold our community anything. We have books that I write that retailers sell, but we've never had anything that we've like asked them to buy. And I really wanted to make sure that we were getting into it for the right reason. I didn't want to just slap the Whole30 logo on a spatula and tell people they had to use it. I wanted to listen to the community, see where their pain points were, and see if we could offer a product that solved those. And we started with salad dressings. Those are the things that our community, you know, dressings and sauces are used ubiquitously to add flavor. Salad dressings are, you know, though we have some fantastic Whole30 partners in that space, we had some flavor profiles that were really unique to me or Utah that we wanted to kind of bring forward. And we wanted to make sure that the ingredient panel was something that exceeded even the Whole30 standards. So we brought those to launch with Thrive Market in August of 2020 and through our own website, DTC channel at Whole30.com in January. And so far, it's been a smashing success. The community has loved it. Our house ranch is definitely a favorite. We have a secret sauce that's sort of formulated after Utah's favorite fry sauce. I don't know if they have that in Boulder, if it's like made its way east. Yeah, but it sounds good. It's delicious. Um, And we've definitely kind of elevated it because I'm pretty sure here in Utah, it's basically like a mix of ketchup and mayo, which... It's ours. Ours is kind of like a little barbecue, a little smoky. It goes on everything. So we've got five flavors that are really unique to us with a few more flavors and and a few additions to the line, hopefully coming by the end of the year or for January, 2021. So we're really excited to have that as an option for people as well. That's so exciting. And do you want to continue in other categories on your own branded product or TBD? 
Maybe if it makes sense, right? I'm still yeah. really cautious about, like I said, I, I don't want to have products out there just for the sake of having products. I can tell you for each and every salad dressing flavor, why it was important that Whole30 specifically brought this one to the market and why we chose the bottles and why we chose the ingredient panel, you know, the ingredient list that we did. Like there's a story behind every single one. And I want to continue to be that conscientious and that deliberate when we think about additional products to bring to market. So I don't think it will ever be, will never be a CPG company and that won't ever be the biggest part of our business, but it's nice to see the brand on the shelf. It's nice when people say to me, Oh, when I see the whole 30 logo, I don't even have to think about it. I know it has ingredients my family likes and can use. And I definitely think it continues to support our excellent Whole30 approved partners in the space by continuing to add visibility to the brand. Absolutely. Yeah. So as you were talking about other ways, the brand, not necessarily being CPG, but coming to life, I know you also have events that you've done. Hopefully now they're coming back to life and in person. would love to hear about some of those upcoming events that you might have. Yeah. You know, it's so hard right now. The country is just starting to kind of open back up. I just got my second vaccination shot. So it does feel like a little bit more freedom. We normally have a coach summit in person in August every year. And this year we decided to continue to keep it virtual. It just you know, when we, we have to start planning for that, like so early. And when we do start planning for it back in March, we just didn't know what things were going to look like. So we're going to keep that virtual for this year, but it's exciting that I'm already talking to people about maybe in-person events in January. So normally I travel every January for like a book tour or just to meet whole 30 years. And I'm starting to get some, some traction now under the idea of like, let's do a few in-person events. And I definitely think 2022 will be the year that we bring back you know, all the in-person things. So I don't have a ton of details yet. Cause we're still, I feel like things are changing like every yeah. five minutes. Um, <laughs> but we definitely want to return to more in-person cause that's, that's definitely the stuff I miss the most. Absolutely. Connecting in person is, you can't replace that on zoom. We've definitely learned that. I know. I mean, we've done the best we could last year's community care summit and the monthly community care summits that we have been doing have been really fun. It's a wonderful way to connect with the community. Like when that's all you've got, you'll take what you can get, Sure. but I'm really excited at the idea of connecting in person again. Yeah. What is the community care summit? The Community Care Summit was held in August of 2020, and it was a way to bring our coaches and our community together over Zoom to discuss a huge variety of topics related to Whole30, related to social justice, related to food and self-care and wellness. It was like a three-day virtual event while we were all kind of mostly stuck at home with COVID that... um, that really brought people together and gave people a sense of community while we were, you know, kind of all alone and and feeling a little bit isolated. So we're going to repeat that again this year. As of now, I don't know what exact format that looks like, but your listeners can stay tuned. There will certainly be something on our website about it by the time this comes out. Well, that'll be exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Switching gears a little bit to your own personal health and wellness. What are some of the, I guess, key dietary non-negotiables do you have? I don't know that I have like non-negotiables because when something's worth it, it's worth it. And that context is really important. So like I typically don't eat gluten in my day-to-day life, but 
you know, if my mom makes her chocolate chip walnut cake when she comes for her visit, like, heck yeah, I'm going to eat a couple Absolutely. <laughs> I've done at this point, seven or eight whole thirties, seven or eight reintroductions. I now know really well what foods work and don't work for me. So the, the foundation of my diet is still very whole 30 centered because it's easy. It's delicious. I know it works for me. But in my food freedom, what we call life after your whole 30, you know, I eat white rice every single day. I eat oatmeal every day, like just straight up oats. I really love Justin's peanut butter cups. I'm taking a break from alcohol. I've been not drinking for, I guess, about three years now, but like reserve the right to have a glass of wine at some point in the future. If I want to, I'm just kind of not drinking right now. So I think I'm I'm pretty conscientious about my diet in that I really like eating things that make me feel good, but I feel like my diet is like so balanced and so satisfying because it does still include my favorite gluten-free cupcakes from the bakery up the street on a pretty dang regular basis. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned food freedom. I do love that philosophy. Can you talk a little bit about what that means? Because I think it's such an amazing concept for people to grasp. Yeah. You know, we, we call life after your whole 30 year food freedom. And I've been using that phrase since 2012 when the very first book came out, because a lot of whole 30 years described what they felt after the whole 30 as freedom, you know, feeling like they now have the information that they needed to be able to decide for themselves what foods are worth it and what foods are not in service of their own health and happiness. And that's going to look very different for absolutely everyone. There are no rules in food freedom other than the guidelines you may choose to set for yourself around foods that you know are never worth it. So goat cheese is one such example. Like that's one hard and fast that I have is I just don't eat it because it makes me so sick when I do but that's going to look different for everyone. So, you know, what we want people to do is use the whole 30 elimination and reintroduction to figure out how foods work for them and then take what you've learned and create the perfect sustainable diet for you. Essentially thinking about how much can I get away with putting back into my diet? How much can I get away with the hot buttered popcorn and the gluten-free cupcakes and the Justin's peanut butter cups and the wine, if that's your thing? Like how much can I get away with and still look and feel exactly as good as I want to feel? And that's really the space of food freedom, which is conscientiously, deliberately making those decisions such that your diet feels balanced and sustainable and happy and healthy in a way that really is in service of you. It's all about feeling your best. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, it also might, that also changes according to your yeah. context. So if I have a big media photo shoot or a big media appearance, I'm probably going to be a lot more strict around what I'm eating, what's worth it or not, because I know that eating gluten sometimes makes me break out. If I'm just like on vacation with my family and I kind of don't care and something, you know, pops up that looks absolutely delicious, I'm going to be a lot more relaxed around that food. So context really matters. And, and the key is just making those conscientious, deliberate decisions in the moment. Beyond food, what are some of the other ways personally that you like to feel your best? What do you need to do in maybe your morning throughout the day? What are those routines look like for you? Yeah, I have a pretty um, solid morning routine. I am, if you know me, I'm religious about it. I do not miss the morning routine for like any reason. And I really try to schedule the rest of my life around it in some form or another. I'm not super rigid with it, but I like to get up. I take a cold shower every morning because that just has felt really good for me. It's very energizing. How long do you last in that cold shower? 
I was doing eight minutes at a time, which was wow, like, that's hardcore. <laughs> which was excessive. Now it's probably closer to like three or four minutes because I don't have anything to prove anymore. Um, but I don't drink caffeine. So waking up in the morning and jumping into a cold shower is essentially my like liquid caffeine. And then I immediately go to do some kind of movement session. So I will either walk the dog first and then go to the gym, or I'll go to the gym or do yoga at home or go for a hike. But there's always sort of a like walk and a, a movement session in there in the morning. I do a post-workout meditation every single day, just a few moments after my workout. And then I start my day. So I'm pretty careful about not scheduling calls before 10 AM because I work for myself. I'm of course able to do that. And I'm really lucky with that, but I really set myself up such that in the morning, I'm not on my phone. I'm not doing work until I get these things that I know are in service of my self-care out of the way. I think that's so important. I'm right there with you on having to be, take the morning and really be slow in getting what you need done first to set you up for success the rest of the day. And it's not always easy. I have a kid, you know, I have a kid and I run a business and sometimes the morning routine, you know, takes 90 minutes and sometimes it ends up taking like 20 because that's all I can fit in. But the point is that I'm starting my day kind of deliberately and proactively instead of being reactive. Yeah, absolutely. I'm still bad at looking at my emails in the morning. That's my, oh. my one area I need to work on. Well, I did a whole podcast episode about crafting the perfect morning routine for you. For some people, it makes them feel better to check their email and check in and be like, okay, there's no fires. I can now go relax for an hour and I don't have to worry about it. So it's all about that's, what, what works for you. That's a great point. I definitely need to listen to that episode. Yeah. <laughs> So as far as feeling better for you and, you know, now running this business that has grown immensely and has so many different facets, how do you, what's your approach to balance and kind of dealing with that roller coaster of having a massive business now? Yeah, I have a philosophy that I have always ascribed to basically called pay myself first. So in order for me to be effective at work, in order for me to be an effective leader, an effective, you know, mentor in my community, effective as a friend or as a wife or as a mom, I have to make sure that my own cup is full. So I'm really good about prioritizing my own self-care and looking for small opportunities to provide myself with self-care throughout the day. I think the other thing is that I do, I've done a lot of therapy, Elizabeth. I have done so much therapy for so many years and so many different modalities. And that therapy has helped me in my personal life for sure, but it's also helped me professionally in that I'm pretty solid and pretty comfortable in what I know and what I don't know, in what I'm good at and what I'm not good at and how successful I am, how good of a writer I am. Like I've done a whole bunch of work on a whole bunch of different areas such that I'm pretty unfazed by other people's opinions of what I'm doing. And that's been tremendously helpful because when you write books, people don't always like them and they will leave their comments all over Amazon. Um, And it can really do a number to your self-confidence and your sense of self-worth if you're not really, you know, kind of grounded in your own opinion of yourself. So having done all that therapy, I think I have a pretty objective view of myself and the business. And as long as I'm operating in my integrity, then I'm pretty comfortable accepting, you know, criticism or hearing other people's opinions of what I'm doing. That's such a great approach and I'm sure has immensely helped you over the years. So you mentioned some uh, self-care rituals that you also need throughout the day. In addition to your morning, what are some of the other self-care things that you love to do for yourself to feel good? 
Yeah, it's it's not so much rituals or rigid things. What I have come to realize is that I have been denying myself small, like tiny comforts for no good reason whatsoever. And that no longer denying myself those comforts can be an act of self-care. So the example that I gave in a recent newsletter was that like, I've got two sets of silverware. I have a set from when I was married before and I have a set that I bought after. And the old set is like, round handled and kind of clunky and doesn't really sit comfortably in my hand. And when I would open the drawer and pull out the bad fork, I'd be like, ugh, but I would just use it anyway. And one day I pulled open the drawer and I was like, just use the good fork. You have other, (laughs) you don't have to use this fork that you hate anymore. And I eventually very quickly got rid of the old silverware drawer. So I think about it, like use the good fork. Use the fresh, like buy, you know, buy the really get the nice sheets or change into the fresh sheets, sit in the good chair, eat the last of the chips. Cause somebody has got to do it. Like there are moments that you can take throughout the day to remind yourself that like you're worth the fresh Sharpie that don't cost you anything and they're free and they're so small. But if you look for ways to do that, then you can remind yourself every single day, how worthy you are of these small comforts. I love that feeling, making yourself feel special, creating special moments. Yeah. Don't save the like fancy shirt or the fancy earrings or the, you know, fancy ring, like go put those on. Do listen. If you want to listen to the same song over and over until your ears bleed, you should do that. Like (laughs) whatever can make you happy in this moment that isn't negatively impacting or hurting anyone else. Like you should do those things because you deserve that. That makes me think someone just sent, do you know, sweet Laurel? That yes, brand. Of course. Yeah. So she had just sent me a cake and they're the most beautiful, delicious, grain-free cakes. Yeah. And I sat down and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get out my grandmother's beautiful, dainty China and eat it on yes. this beautiful plate instead of my regular plates. And I never, ever, ever do that. And you're absolutely right. Like it was such a special moment. It yeah. was this little thing. They're like, why, why not treat yourself yeah. like that? I love that's exactly what I'm talking about. Self-care does not have to be like bubble baths and pedicures because we don't have time for that. And we no. probably can't afford that every single day. So let's just find small ways to remind ourselves that we're worth it. Get that Sharpie. Yeah, I know. There's nothing like a fresh Sharpie. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to some rapid fire Q&A. Oh, okay. All right. Your favorite wellness hack. Going to bed early. Like what toddler time early. Like toddler what time early. Go to My bed. son goes to bed at eight o'clock and I am like sometimes getting in bed right after him. Toddler early. And what time do you wake up? Six or six thirty, solid. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm getting my eight and a half hours. Yeah. What's something that brings you joy? My dog Henry. What kind of dog? He's a little Moyen poodle. We we just got him like six months ago. I was really nervous about whether like he would be too much of like a pain in our life, and I don't know what we would do without him. My this dog just brings us so much so much joy. I love that. I just got yeah. a puppy too. Oh, yay. It's the best. A COVID puppy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Three random things that you're currently loving could be a book, a podcast, product. Okay. I'm currently reading a book called My Promised Land, which is written by an Israeli Jewish journalist going back through the history of Israel dating back to the late 1800s. And I am engulfed in this book. I am highlighting, I am researching, I am referencing. There's so much about the recent conflict in Palestine that I have not been educated about. And I'm doing a deep dive and this book is like phenomenal. I'm only about a quarter of the way through, but I'm reading it so deliberately. So that's been really fun. 
uh, the Great British Baking Show. We are not bakers, unlike uh, maybe the purely Elizabeth team. We are not bakers, but we are obsessed with the show. I just love the contestants. I love learning more about baking. I love watching them. We just love it. We've seen every single season of every episode so many times. And like, I keep going back to it. And I'm also super into rucking, which is essentially putting a heavy weight on your back and walking with it. I started rucking in February after reading this really fantastic book called The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. And I am now, I have been rucking three or four, sometimes more times a week, often when I just walk the dog. Um, And I'm basically obsessed with walking around with this like weighted backpack. So how heavy is the backpack? I have a 20 and a 30 pound weight. So 20 is my like regular and 30 is if I'm feeling spicy. Uh, And I will do anywhere from like two to four miles with it. Wow. Awesome. I want to check that out. You should. That's really fun. Kind of addictive. (laughs) What is the best advice that you've received to help your business? Oh boy. I mean, I think the pay yourself first is really it. Honestly, that's the one I go back to again and again. But I will say there's one other piece of advice, which is, Speak to people the way they want to be spoken to. If your job is to impart change, you cannot just hammer them with your communication style. You have to learn to flex your communication style such that everyone can actually receive your message. And very often that means taking my ego out of it and talking to people the way they want to be spoken to. And that's been a brilliant piece of advice that has seen me through many, many difficult conversations. That's a great tip. What do you want more of in your life? free time. What do you want less of? Probably phone time. Probably time on Zoom time. Zoom time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would say feeling I would, I want less phone time in general, like less like screen time. And I want more downtime. What is your favorite whole 30 moment? Oh, don't make me. I know it's so hard. That is so hard. Um, You could have two if you want. I know I've thought I have thousands though, because I have so many unbelievable stories from whole 30 years who I like meet in public and they share their story and I'm like crying. I think the first time I saw my book on a shelf, the first time I walked into a Barnes and Noble and saw a book that I wrote on the shelf, that was like pretty epic. And then I had this moment when I was in New York city, after the second book had launched, I had just received a text that it hit the New York times list. I was so excited and I'm walking right down the middle of park Ave and someone stops me and they were like, are you Melissa? Are oh you my whole, God. Are you the whole 30 lady? And I was like, yeah. And they stopped to tell me their whole 30 story. That was like the moment that I was like, this is a, this is like a thing. This is going to be really big. That is so cool. What yeah. year was that? That was 2015. Okay. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. A meal that you'll never forget. Oh, I have so many. I'm thinking about meals like in North, when I was in Sweden, there was this like meal at Matbaren in Stockholm that I finished that meal and just wanted to sit there long enough so I could get hungry and eat the whole thing all over (laughs) again. Um, But I also feel that way about like the wings that my stepmom cooks, you know, I really love food and I love delicious food. So I think I'd say the meal that I had the most satisfaction from recently was that Brandon and I went on a date night for the first time since COVID hit um, just about a week ago. And we went to my favorite patio and we sat outside and I had a full on burger and fries, like didn't have a modify a thing like gluten bun. There was cheese on it. It was fries. <laughs> and I ate every single bite and it was like the best experience of my life. So I, I'll go back to East Liberty tap house, burger and fries. Nice. Yeah. What is your number one non-negotiable to thrive on your wellness journey? 
alone time. Hands down. I yeah, I require more alone time than anyone else I've ever met. And if I don't get at least some of it on a really regular basis, I'm like not an okay person. My mental health really suffers. So I have figured out and had many conversations with like my husband and my family about how I can carve out alone time for me when and as I need it in a way that's not like super disruptive of the rest of the family. In closing out, a couple of last questions. Where do you see Whole30 going next? What's the vision for the next three years? Uh, we're working on that right now. It's been so hard to plan ahead for Whole30 because things have been, ha- opportunities present themselves so quickly. And my team is relatively small. So we've been able to pivot really effectively when the community asks for something or we have a partnership opportunity. We're currently really invested into looking for clinical partnerships and developing clinical partnerships with healthcare facilities or healthcare providers. We hear from so many doctors and registered dietitians who use the Whole30 with their patients with tremendous success. And we would love to find a healthcare partner to continue to legitimize the program and continue to help expand Whole30's reach into those with medical conditions who do require a doctor or healthcare provider's supervision on their journey. So that's something we're really focused on. I would also really like to expand, like you mentioned, our events. So hopefully we can start getting back to in-person events. And right now I know the team is very focused on offering more video content for Whole30, which is something we haven't typically been super heavily focused in. So you can look for that YouTube channel coming really soon. Those are all super exciting, but the healthcare piece would be massive to be able to really reach people. Yeah. We've been having some great conversations. I'm currently right now, you can't see it because I'm I'm in a long sleeve shirt, but I'm testing a continuous glucose monitor with a company called Levels. That <gasps> oh, is, I've been super interested in that. Mm, it's super interesting. I've, I've been wearing it for a week. It's really interesting to see how my current diet impacts blood glucose levels. And now I'm going to start playing around with like what happens when I eat that gluten-free muffin, but it's a way to bring that kind of awareness to the masses. Um, and I'm really excited about, about potential for working with levels as well. So yeah, there's some interesting stuff. Well, I will selfishly stay tuned to that one. Yes. Sure. Yes. Any <laughs> questions you have, let me know. I'm happy to answer. All right. Well, is there anything else that you want to share today that we haven't touched on? Oh, I don't think so. This has been such a fun conversation. I've always enjoyed talking to you. And of course we love, you know, what purely Elizabeth brings to the whole 30 community and in people's food freedom. It's just so awesome. And I don't think I realized that we started our companies at the same time, but it's been a, a really similar journey and it's equally impressive to see what you've done over the last 12 years now. So no, this has been fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. Um, where can listeners find you? Yeah, you can find anything Whole30 related at Whole30. So it's W-H-O-L-E and the number 30, Whole30.com. And I'm most active on Instagram. You can find me at Melissa Yu. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks so much for joining me on Live Purely with Elizabeth. I hope you feel inspired to thrive on your wellness journey. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. You can follow us on Instagram at purely underscore Elizabeth to catch up on all the latest. See you next Wednesday on the podcast.